When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen, I, I want people to know, in case you are participating in Whamageddon, I did pull some strings behind the scenes. And at least for now, we are a Wham-free zone. So you can know That's good. that you are safe here at My Talk. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi, happy Friday. We made it, oh. you guys, to another weekend. Oh, I could not be happier. I had that moment this morning. I was driving the car with my 15-year-old, and I said out loud, I just can't wait till Monday or to, for Friday. And he goes, Mom, today's Friday. It was like he had given me a gift. Oh I forgot that today was How did Friday. You forget? I've been praying know. for it to come all week. And it's finally here. Yeah. Well, listen, pew, pew. last night being Thursday meant that we uh, were able to view the first interview with Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. after the accidental uh, shooting on the set of his movie Rust. George Stephanopoulos uh, interviewed him. And, you know, we both got the opportunity to watch it. And I bet we both have some initial thoughts. Oh, I'm sure we do. Do you have some uh, takeaways? Well, okay. So the first thing I'm just going to, I'll just start here. He began the entire interview saying one thing that I felt was really important. He essentially said, I'm not here to center myself in this story. It's important to remember that a a person lost their life and another person was injured. Yeah. And I thought, okay, we are off to a good start. Yeah. That's a good sign. I mean, that's the right thing to say. Right. And then I thought, let's see what's going to happen now. And I will say for the most part, he really did um, continue to be focused on the tragedy of the life lost um, while he talked about his experience of what happened on that fateful day on the set of the movie rust. What were your thoughts, Brad? So the the way I approach an interview like this, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, and, and the way that I would pr- approach any interview like this is to, to first put it into context. So you have Alec Baldwin, who is an actor, giving an interview before any police investigation results or information has been given in terms of what actually happened on the set that led to the death of uh, a woman and uh, another person injured and like an entire cast traumatized right mm-hmm. so you have so alec baldwin as a an actor giving a sit down in depth quote unquote interview with a major news outlet before anything's really been given to us in the way of actual facts mm-hmm. seems a very calculated thing mm-hmm. and so then i said well and it might not be a bad thing but to me i look at that in- as saying that's a calculated thing. Okay, so that's in context. 
So then what did he actually say or what actually happened? It also puts my spidey senses up or puts me a little bit on edge to sort of remember here we have an actor who uh, makes a living convincing people of a portrayal of a character when he's acting, when he's actually doing his job. So like I'm just putting all those things into context and those are all the filters that are up for me. So from at the, or I should say at the outset, I approach this as this is a potentially career saving performance Alec Baldwin is about to give. That's what I honestly think this is because mm-hmm. there is no need for him to give this interview mm-hmm. uh, again as a public or the people involved connect or directly to what happened. They don't need Alec Baldwin to have an interview. This is all Alec Baldwin's choice. I also understand sort of like the motives that ABC would have for airing an interview like this. It's right. called ratings. Understand. Um, so this interview doesn't need to happen. So then why are we doing it? Well, I think it's because Alec Baldwin wants to try to save his career. Okay. So Alec Baldwin actor trying to save his career. I don't want to say he was acting, but his performance in that interview important to saving his career. Did he do that? I don't know. Did he give a good performance? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is he answered some emotional questions, some pointed direct questions. But then you have to take all of that stuff aside. Like, here's an actor who can be emotional, who can cry, who can make us feel things. Because if you were just sort of watching without a lot of context or thought, mm-hmm. you'd think, wow, this dude is really broken up about this. And, right. And, you know, as a human being, I would be broken up about it too. You can connect on all those things. So in that way, he did a a good job last night. But then I looked at what is he actually saying in this interview? And it's very clear to me that he said two things. One of them is, I am not the victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like you said, centered himself uh, or did not center himself. But then he also says that he's not responsible. Right. So to me, the biggest question most people showed up to hear last night is how, if not why, how did you end up holding a gun that killed another person? Right. How did this happen? And what he seems to do is deftly walk a line between I'm not a victim. I, you know, am an important person who. Well, he doesn't even say these things outright because I kept listening for him to say, I, I am a, you know, a leader. I am responsible. I am a part of mm-hmm. the thing that he tells us all mm-hmm. about what it's like on a movie set. Right. He tells us all about the things that go on behind the movie set. But he never says, I, as the head of this production, am responsible, even if you're not intentionally pulling a trigger to end someone's life irresponsibly mm-hmm. like oh i didn't know there was anything in it but you still pull the trigger like he's he never says he did that well nobody's questioning that because again we don't have the police you know account of what actually happened yeah right and we he does have... and he does make note of that that there is an actual investigation yeah. going on about what actually happened so he tells us how everything looked and what actually happened mm-hmm. he's holding a gun he's uh pulling this thing but it's not the trigger he would never do the thing because that's how he's been trained so like he he jumps through all the hoops to not make himself legally responsible right. because again this is a performance and he can't get in the way of an actual investigation so he's, and he's not been prepared for this. 
like like every other acting role that he's had in his life right so he's not the victim she's the victim she has a family Mm -hmm. he met with the father i could go on but essentially he's not the victim but then who's responsible and he does not say he is responsible now if he's not responsible in an ethical sense or in a philosophical sense or in a like non-legal sense who is responsible now there could be somebody who like nefariously put a gun or a a bullet somewhere Mm -hmm. but like if you're making a performance Mm -hmm. i just don't understand why you would show up and just not take ownership i'm not saying he should i'm saying i think that's what everybody wanted is for him to take some sort of ownership of what happened like even if i didn't intentionally shoot someone because i think we can all sort of relate to that like Mm -hmm. you can understand that there is a world in which this went down as an accident it was not intentional Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. that seems plausible and nobody would hold alec baldwin accountable now legally financially all that stuff that may be a different story but like from an audience perspective determining at, from the court of public opinion if we are going to hold Alec Baldwin accountable. I think most people could walk away and say, well, I wouldn't hold him directly. Nobody thinks he killed her intentionally. Right. Well, right. right. I think there are people who think that, but... Well, they're, yeah, they have yes. a political motive, and yes. they no, if Alec Baldwin showed up and pulled his pants down and then left, yeah. they would say he's guilty. Right. Like, I right. get it. You're absolutely right. There are there people... There are people who do, but for, but most people who are following the story closely, who are of sound mind, yeah. don't believe that he is guilty. So I think to the broad audience, people probably who aren't thinking about this very much are probably like, oh, that's got to be hard. Anybody who's thinking, though, goes, well, he's trying to make a... You know, he's trying to save his career and not step in legal jeopardy. Right. And for that, I guess you could say he did it. But I would just say, I'm not quite sure why we did any of this. I think, you know, actually, that is like the biggest takeaway for me is I, I, I walked away from it feeling like, huh? Because he basically, like to your point, said he didn't do it. But he also didn't say I'm responsible and he didn't say, but this is the person who is. In well, fact, he almost bent over backwards to say, I don't know who really actually is. So then it was just a big bunch of questions that were logistical that got answered, but didn't get us any closer to understanding better what happened. There's a lot of, and again, if you guys are just joining us, we're talking about Alec Baldwin's interview last night on ABC. And if you sort of paid attention to all the different little conversations and side streets that they went down, like, you know, about the production, about his support of the crew and about like the things that were going on behind the scenes, it was clear to me that um, there was some issues on set that were not being addressed. There were some accidental discharges that took place. There were some feelings behind the scenes. If you are, I'm not saying he's the only person in charge of that production, but if you are a person in charge, and by all accounts, he seemed like the lead person in Mm -hmm. charge, meaning he was forking over his own salary to put people up in hotel rooms or, you know, what have you. Like, he was a part of this project in a way that no one, if not one or two other people were. So at that level... In my mind, when you're in charge, right. if something happens on your watch, you take responsibility for that. 
Right. It's not legal responsibility, right. but just from like a leadership standpoint. Yeah. But he tries to like not have to do that and gives you all these plausible reasons why you shouldn't hold him right. accountable. Right. Oh, sorry. What was that? That was a, an alarm I set for myself for okay. something else. I was like, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Anyway, <laughs> Alec Baldwin is calling and he would like to take issue with right. some of the things we've just said. No, but to your point, he did go. He did almost bend over backwards to to not take any type of responsibility by telling us what kind of a producer he actually is, that he was not the one who hired the people who did the things. It was very much a like, I didn't touch any of this. The only thing that I touched was that gun, which actually was the thing that led to the end of another person's life. So I just, I don't get that. Like nobody is saying you intentionally meant to kill this woman, right? But she died and he, here was another telling thing to me. He talks about the interaction he had with the woman's husband mm-hmm. and uh, her child who was there. And he does this, you know, wonderful sort of. And, and again, I, it's not that I don't take Alec Baldwin seriously. I just understand that he's an actor and is very good at calling on emotions mm-hmm. when he needs them, mm-hmm. which probably doesn't just end when he leaves a job. Right? right. So, like, I get all that. So I probably sound a little, you know, like, um Careless is not the right word, but a little cynical. It doesn't matter. The interaction he had with the dad was very telling to me because he says to the dad, I'm not sure what to say to you. I don't know what to say. I have no words, um, he said. And I was like, you have no words? And he's, he goes on to say, like, you know, I'm here for whatever you need. If there's anything I can do, you know, like, like all of. The, OK, that sounds great. But like, you have no words. Mm-hmm. You were holding a gun right. that ended his wife's life yeah. and the mother of his child's life. Yeah, the guy doesn't think you're you did it intentionally, but I just think on a human level, the fact that you couldn't even own something in that yeah, moment. Yeah, you could have started with "I'm sorry," and the yes. "I'm sorry" does not need to be an admission of guilt or responsibility. Yeah. It is just a, "I am so sorry that this happened." Yeah, or. Well, I don't even think that would be enough for my taste because just from a universal, like, you got to right the wrongs in the universe, you were holding the gun. Like, I get that accidents happen, and that's a thing Alec Baldwin is going to have to live with the rest of his life. I'm I'm not saying it's a small thing. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it's a very big thing. But to say I have no words. But to And and again, he can say that, right? Mm -hmm. He did say that, fine. But that tells me about you, and that tells me about you as a person, Mm -hmm. that you... We're so concerned with not admitting anything in that moment. And again, I'm assuming, but this mm-hmm. is my opinion, that you that you would tell us that in that moment, the best you could offer that man and his child was, I have no words. Yeah. That seems a little, like, not satisfactory. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Three to the series of events that actually put him in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have words. We have so many words. I think we've we've proven that. (laughs) When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to have words with Elizabeth Reese. She's bringing us all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert after this on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk dirt alert. The beautiful Elizabeth Reese is here with all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert. Hey, Elizabeth. Well, hi, you guys. I'm on location shooting uh, cookie recipes at a bakery in St. Louis Park. So I'm coming to you with a sugar high, and I'm on the phone on this Friday. That's how we like you. Elizabeth, what was the best thing you ate? Oh, my gosh. This amazing cookie with sweet potato in it. It was a sweet potato snickerdoodle with chocolate chips. And all of the recipes are going to start airing on Monday on Twin Cities Live for my 13th annual 12 Days of Cookies series. Can you Mm. believe that? So we're having a really good time baking as we get prepared. But I was running a little late with the oven, so I decided to call you instead. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Listen, you guys, when it comes to work, everybody has a dollar amount that they can say, oh, it's worth it or it's not worth it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody said, hey, we want you to drive to Fargo, North Dakota to drop something off and we'll pay you $10, you would probably go, that's not worth it, okay? George Clooney, his number is a little bit different. He declined $35 million for one day's work. What? What was the work that he (laughs) said no to that for? A one-day shoot for an airline commercial. He says, Amal and I decided it's just not worth it. He said part of it is us just making sure we live our lives when he's talking about being (laughs) elected. Elizabeth, I am so, I can't. I can't. I can't. Listen, and I love George, but that's like, that's a little out of touch. I just want to say, I feel like, George, that was an inside thought, and (laughs) it should have stayed there. Yeah. Right? The rest of the world does not understand you right now. I just decided to... No, we cannot relate. No. I decided to turn down the amount in one day that most people will never make in their entire Entire lives. Or the lives of their spouses. Or the lives of Of their their children children combined. Yeah. (laughs) Or the lives of all of their ancestors. You're exactly right. So it's an interview that he did with The Guardian. He's talking about directing his new movie, The Tender Bar. And he was asked whether he feels he has enough money now at this stage in life. And George Clooney said, well, yeah, I was offered $35 million okay. for one day's work for an airline commercial. Okay. But I talked to him all no. about, it, about it, and we decided it's not worth it. And he okay. did say, though. He did not understand the a- assignment because the question was yeah. just, do you have enough money? We didn't need to know <laughs> about what money. he missed out yeah, on. Like, you didn't have to prove it. Right. We're good. Thanks. <laughs> sorry. I get it. Yeah. Sorry, he did Elizabeth. say, though, that. That airline was associated with a country that, although it's an ally, is questionable at times. And so I thought, well, if it takes a minute, sleep away from me. It's not worth it. So I do kind of understand that when it's coming with, like, who does he want to align himself with? But leading with the $35 million to do the one day versus, like, making... Maybe it would have been better to go, like, hey, I make choices based on what aligns with my values. And so no amount of money would cause me to 
compromise that. Really quickly, um, what aligns with his public values? Because there's a blind item, Elizabeth, and I don't want to go too deep in the weeds, but you know we love our blind items. There's a blind item about how um, he might want to be more forthcoming than about where what countries he's getting the money for his movie projects from. So me wonders how much of this was just an attempt to sort of distract from the larger conversation. (laughs) Okay, that's interesting, you guys. This is why you two are so good at what you do. Welcome. Obsessed with all the wrong things. Do you got any tinfoil over there you can put on your head, Elizabeth? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there's some inside the bakery. I'm actually looking in the window right now. I'll go check for it. There's definitely parchment paper. Would that do in a pinch? No, no, sorry. (laughs) We're going to need something reflective and metallic. (laughs) <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay, before I go, two quick notes. Aziz Ansari is engaged to his Danish girlfriend, Yay. Serena Skov Campbell. So congratulations to him. And Billie Eilish has ditched her blonde hair. Oh. And she went brunette and she looks fabulous. Like her eyes look amazing. I really love a dramatic hair color change. I think it's so fun. She is beautiful. And I am just, I want her to be happy in her skin and in her hair and whatever else she wants to be happy in. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, guys. I got to go eat more cookies. Have fun Thank with that, you, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Uh We'll take a doggy bag. Uh, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some blind items, some pop culture mysteries to solve in a little segment we call Blinded by the Item after this on My Talk 1071. Oh, we've got some pop culture mysteries to solve right here on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley trainer. Brian, will you join us in uh, solving some of these blind items? Oh, absolutely. All right, let's do it. Blinded by the item. All right, these blind items are juicy bits of gossip with the names left out. And you crazy kids today, Colleen and Brian, thanks for playing, are going to have to figure out who we are talking about. And we've got some goodies, some easier than others. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. All right. Super excited. The one still in charge issued a very rare edict. She wanted no trials of the century while she's still alive. And ordered the result that was issued. Now, let's see if the one still in charge can also stop the documentary slash hit job. Ooh, okay. The one still in charge. Yeah, this is not a description Hmm. we've heard before from our good friend Enti Lawyer who creates these blind items for crazydaysandnights.net. But it should all make sense to you once you figure it out. Okay, so something about documents... Documentary, <laughs> documents. I'm sorry. Oh. I was trying to keep track of all of it. I feel like I read a dirt alert on this oh? a couple days ago. Oh, well, what? Spill oh, it. I'm it. trying to remember the name though. Darn it! Um, that's see, you have that uh, thing that we have. It's so called me, show amnesia. Let me uh, give you a little taste of what I just read. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the thank you. the <laughs> one still in charge yeah, yeah. issued a very rare edict. Uh huh. She wants no oh. trials of the century. The Queen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And <sighs> what was the result that was issued? So let me just read this for uh-huh, you, uh-huh. and then we'll fill in the blanks. The Queen uh, issued a very rare edict. She doesn't want trials of the century while she's still alive, mm-hmm. and she ordered the result that was issued. Now, let's see if she can stop the uh, documentary and hit job. Ooh, okay, so, so it had something to do with Prince Andrew. No. No? No. Well, I mean, look... Uh, 
It could, but I think most people assumed it's about a, a thing that happened, the edict that was issued. I don't know that yeah. I've been paying attention to her edicts. One day ago, mm-hmm. New York Times, Meghan Markle wins legal battle oh. against the Daily Mail. Ah. Mm. So, if she, you know, I think the implication is she said, make that happen mm-hmm. because I don't want to deal with this stuff while I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a documentary slash hit job that's just around the corner. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. That, that was a good one. I yeah, mean, I like that. that also, I'm sorry, Brian, but that also requires you to believe that the queen can make like verdicts happen. And I don't know about that, but whatever. It's a <laughs> Listen, great story. I'm here for this. Yeah. I'm, I like the drama. I like this idea that the queen is just kicking it on her throne with her cocktail being like, make it so, but in a British accent with her corgis. That's a boss move. Right. right? There. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that why you want to be a queen? I mean, I would hope mm-hmm. Should we do oh, another yeah. one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. This talk show host, decided his ego was more important than whatever happened to his employees during the holiday season. They're without a job. He could have waited a month, but instead only looked after himself. Okay. Wow. It's a talk show host. Yep. And it's a he. Is it Jerry Springer? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> is it right. uh, James Corden? Oh, that's a good guess because of the really good guess talk show hosts we know of who have a bad rap in blind item world. James Corden is uh, is a good candidate. Now, Mm -hmm. I want you to both think about some other news we learned Uh, this week. Okay, because remember, again, this is saying that a talk show host was like, I'm going to do something that's going to benefit me. Right. But that also is going to leave you out of a job. Merry Christmas. So think about a talk show host. Right. That we talked about this week, who changed or decided to change careers. Oh, jeez. That required him to leave his job. Okay, why do I like? I'm you're, you're scanning. Kick I know, but I'm like scanning right now. Scanning, scanning, scanning. Who's oh, Doctor Oz? Oh, ding yeah. ding. Yes. Oh, oh. Ew. So Dr. Oz <laughs> decided his ego was more important than whatever happened to his employees during yeah, the holiday right. season because now they're without a job. He could have waited a month, but instead he's just looking after himself. I've always known that about that man. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody who's going to try to make you think that COVID isn't real and you can get skinny by eating coffee beans. I mean. <laughs> and acai berries. I yeah. will say, I do recall if, I mean, listen, for his, to his credit... Oh God. What little there is, oh God. he was the one that supposedly was trying to encourage Wendy Williams to get the vaccine. Oh, good. So, well, I think he and a lot of other people in his uh, <clears throat> line of work that have also said some questionable things, other talk show hosts that decided to act like they had more of an mm-hmm. epidemiologist degree than whatever actual medical degree they may or may not have. He does, but others who mm-hmm. acted like him didn't. They changed their tune, mm-hmm. but at that point, many could argue the damage had already been done. Uh, huh. so. And now we are where Should we are. Okay, let's do another one. Go back. Okay. Crazydaysandnights.net gives us all sorts of blind items. They're just juicy bits of gossip with the names left out. Here's another one, you crazy kids. All right. All right. This offspring 
of an A-plus list reality star is not even old enough to have an account on this short-form video social media platform. Mm -hmm. That being said, Mm -hmm. there was an exception made because they're trying to expose the next generation to the masses and already have a marketing deal in place for someone who's not even a tween yet. Do you know who this is, Brian? If I had to guess, is it Khloe Kardashian? You're in the right family. Okay. Uh, It's a different Kardashian. Stormy? No, that's Kylie's daughter. Oh, okay. Who's the like biggest Kardashian? Oh, Kim. Yep. Oh, yeah. And her daughter, North. North. Do you think it's North? I think so. Uh, I will say most of the comments thought it was another Kardashian, but oh, really? I will say all of the Kardashians have been mentioned in the comments yeah. for different reasons. But um, a lot of them said, I guess that Courtney has a separate account. That was shut down originally yep. for her daughter, mm-hmm. and then they started a joint account together. Oh. So the big news this past week has been that North has a TikTok account. Oh, okay. And that in the comments, people are asking her to show videos of her parents' uh, pay, st- pay stubs and yeah. like social security <laughs> numbers. And oh, wow. Like as a joke, right? Because they know yeah. it's not really her running it, but she shouldn't. I mean... Technically speaking, she should not have a TikTok account. Yeah. No. I don't even know how she would. That's the fascinating thing, because don't they have age restrictions for kids? Kids, a lot of kids have. Well, I know. This is not any kid is my point. Right, right, right. What I will say is, and I think that's sort of what the blind item is saying, is like they're turning a blind eye to it, because TikTok will go through and shut down accounts for kids who are clearly underage. Oh, yeah. But anyway, okay, that's... So it's some Kardashian, and that's the end it's of the story. It's all of them. It's the Kardashians. All of them. All right. Yes. Let's do another one. All right. Another piece of gossip with the names left out. And this one, let's see. I want to do, how much time do we have? Oh, yes. I want to do, so the, I'm going to end on this one. Okay. Now, this is a revealed blind item, mm. and it goes as follows. I would really like to know why this couple, who had to turn back rumors they split this past week, doesn't come clean about a couple things. Why, for instance, is the Maybach you supposedly bought as a gift always have a series of continually changing license plate numbers whenever it ends up in a uh, photograph uh, or a a photo shoot being posted by the couple? Have you noticed that whenever workout photos are posted, they always feature a pair in the same clothes as the photos that were taken a year or two ago in a shoot, and then they're just randomly posted? Huh. Do you know? I I have an idea. Okay, guess it. I, I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but Sean Mendez? No. No, you're in the right neighborhood. It's another okay. publication ship, and if you've stuck around with us long enough, you know about the what we would probably call... Like the top publication chip. It is Brittany. No. Oh. Rianca, <laughs> oh. Chopra, and Nick Jonas. The Jonas. Jonas. Yeah. The Jonas bonus. The Jonas bonus. All right. So just to oh. just to reiterate. I'll ding it for you. Uh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I'd really like to know why Jonas, who had to turn back rumors they split this last week, doesn't come clean about a couple things. Why, for instance, is the Maybach you supposedly bought as a gift always have a series of continually changing license plate numbers? Also, I tried to verify this one. You can imagine they never show Uh license plate numbers. Um, But this was a vehicle that Nick bought for Priyanka. Allegedly. And thanks uh, for doing all of the promote, helping him promote his 
single album. I don't know. Anyway, um, also notice that whenever workout photos are posted, they always feature the pair in same clothes. The same clothes, by the way, they were wearing a year or two ago. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's basically just reiterating what we already know about these. I'm going to be spending some time on their uh, Instagrams now. Thank you very much. Um, Oh, look at this. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show... Uh, we've got uh, some more uh, Chonus well, isn't news. Isn't that convenient? Look at that. How did you? That was like it was planned. Almost like I knew what we were doing. We are going to have a little. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Tonus bonus after this on My Talk 107.1. Thanks, Brian. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. And, um... You know, when we talk about a particular publicationship, uh, we call them Chonus. We have a little Chonus bonus. It's time for a Chonus bonus. You know, we really should probably go back. We did not properly celebrate the anniversary of um, what I think it's safe to say is our most popular publicationship here on the Colleen and Bradley it show. It really is like the, um, what's the what's the word when it's like um like founding it's our founding it's our document founding. it's a declaration yeah, it of is. independence thank you it's the because declaration it's, of publicationship it's what led to the the consecration of the publicationship as a term here on the colleen and bradley show and specifically this is now the third anniversary or rather december 2nd a day which will live in infamy uh december 2nd is the third actually first Wednesday, December <laughs> There's a 1st, lot of numbers. Was the third anniversary for Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. And we acknowledged it sort of like superficially, but I, I feel like we should celebrate it the best way we know how, which is just by reminding everyone oh. of the lies that we're grateful for, because really they showed us the light. And, you know, I can share with you something that uh, an article, which became a D-bag of mine earlier this week, purported to share, but didn't. And that's what Priyanka Chopra had to say about her time away from Nick during the pandemic, because mm. it does provide, you know, all of the the eye rolls. Again, just to set the stage briefly for the audience, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas were our founding publicationship uh, couple meaning celebrity relationship for publicity um, for very specific reason, or at least several reasons like what to the uninformed mm-hmm. listener, would you describe as special about this publicationship? Um, so <clears throat> they, okay. First of all, I, I would say we really cut our publicationship teeth 
on this publationship. And so I don't think we really started to understand what we were looking at until, and this is the same thing that really makes them special, until we really noticed the aggressive in-your-face spawn con that they were both subjecting us to. And it started very early. I mean, they're, 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 Publationship started sort of suddenly, and then the engagement happened very quickly. And then it was from the engagement on that we were treated to a cavalcade of spawn con opportunities, including but not limited to watches, vodkas, uh, Tiffany, yeah. um, uh, Bert, what scooters, green lime, that's there, yeah, lime, lime scooters. scooters. Um, I mean, it was it was aggressive and. And so, honestly, people can, you know, say, like, we're, like, poo-pooing what they're doing, but I'm actually grateful for it because it allowed us to see, uh, you know, the the thing that all, not all celebrities, but a lot of celebrities choose to do, and that is use their relationship for the purposes of publicity. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Chonis particularly, to monetize it in a way that's that comes across a little crass, I will say, or at least not as adept as say you know like a a Brad Pitt or a, I don't know like any celebrity who lives their life their public their relationship in public right uh that maybe has done it more seamlessly right, right. like there's um there's just a different way you can do it and right. they just seem to care less about what it making looks it like. so obvious right. for us, which right. I'm grateful for again because it gives us many opportunities to be like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Like monetizing, you know, like getting Tiffany's to do this and getting, you know, this brand to do this. That's a real thing. And increasingly, honestly, like we sort of maybe raise an eyebrow about it. Most people don't because most people oh, are no. out there doing the very same thing. I mean, just open up your social media. Right. right. So it's really, you know, when you said three year anniversary, it made me honestly think of, um, you know, a group of friends uh, that I was with, we were actually running Ragnar when this happened and um, that they had gotten together, Nick and Priyanka. And we were talking about Hollywood gossip in the van as, you know, we were following our runners. And uh, one of my girlfriends said, I just think they're the cutest couple. And I said, they're not a real couple. And she goes, you are the most cynical person I've ever met. And that's when I realized that, and this is not any type of diss on people. <laughs> But like most but I'm people, about to diss people, well, no, but like that most people do buy this, that it's that easy to make because yeah, well, most people aren't paying close attention or they don't care enough or they're willing to accept what they're told. Also, we all have our own blind spots and I will look no further. Please take no personal offense mm. to your love for Taylor oh, Swift. Yeah. So like you eat Taylor Swift's uh, product. Okay, I was really <laughs> nervous about where you were going. You because I know you, and I know what you were really going to say. No, I was not. I no. What I'm saying is, whatever she's, whatever confection she yes. is manufacturing, you will eat up and be yeah. less critical about because it, for you, it's entertainment or it's something you appreciate and you don't care. It's not even that you're not aware because I think you are aware of uh, how you know um, dangerous Taylor Swift is. I'm kidding. <laughs> But how, like, she's part of the same thing. It's not oh, like she I see just, the machine. She just poops out something a little, it smells a little, smells nice. a little nicer to you. It's more my brand. Yeah, it's more your no, brand. No, that's a fact. No, so that's an what I'm saying fact. is that, like, to some people, and that's why 
when I, too, am around groups of people and they say, what do you think about blank? I choose my words very mm-hmm. carefully because I don't want to be that guy who's like, it's all a lie. Yeah, but you're like, I'll do that between noon and three. Yeah, like if you want the real story. Yeah, tune in. I did but wanna, in real life, we don't want to sound as cynical as we actually are. Yeah, we're not cynical. We just know the truth. We just get it. We just Well, also, I encourage anyone to stand on the same street corner and not have a better understanding of what happens on that street corner if you stood there every day for three hours like we're just in that place for three hours every day right so we see things that other people just walk by and they're like oh that's a pretty flower right and we're like actually that flower was planted by a serial killer (laughs) and a dog just pooped on it right exactly yeah Yeah. thank you okay um (laughs) you had something else you were gonna throw out there yeah so i wanted to share with you the thing that priyanka actually oh yeah was alleged to have said, but we never got to because the dumb article that from in style that claimed she said some things, they never put that in the article. Well, I found the actual things that she said. Okay, what did she say? And it's all about, and again, this is just why it's like, oh, you guys. It's all about Priyanka Chopra sharing what how difficult life was for her and Nick during the pandemic. Okay. I, so was it more difficult for the two of them? And well, quote, than everybody else. This year has been really, really tough. Yeah, it's been really, really tough to be away from home for an entire year, especially at a time when you can't travel to see your family. Just the uncertainty of my mom and my brother in India, my husband in America, while I'm in the UK. It there was just so much uncertainty, and that to me was terrifying of not being able to get on a flight and travel just in case something went wrong or something happened. But thankfully, you know, everyone was okay. Uh, she said being alone and away from her husband was very challenging, but they've been making long distance work the best way they could. (laughs) We didn't have a dramatic separation, but because he was in and out, we had to be really careful. So what follows is basically her just reminding us of all of the privileged things they've had in order to stay connected, including but not limited to their private jets. Right. Flights to each other Mm -hmm. and quarantines. In fabulous homes. Uh, which probably actually didn't happen, by the way. But well, that's I mean, a whole different story for a yeah. whole different day. The next layer. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we'll tell you what we want from you after this on My Talk 1071.